in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The eternal Word has come into the world, and in turn, the call to follow Him is a clarion call to a worldly Christianity. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Whether by way of cultural gluttony or cultural anorexia, you abdicate your identity as a Christian if you have no meaningful engagement with this world for the sake of Jesus Christ and the gospel. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of Mathetes Radio, the much surer word exposed. What's that I hear you ask from the other side of the listening device through the corridors of time to me recording this podcast in the past? What's that you ask? Why the emphasis on Mathetes Radio? Well, that is because today we're going to be talking about a verse Proverbs 27.17, which has the words, iron sharpens iron in it. And those wonderful words, iron sharpens iron, happens to be the name of a podcast that is produced by a fellow brother in the Lord, Chris Arnson. Now, I myself don't know very much about the guy. I have only listened to the podcast once. That's not because I think it's a bad one, it's just because it's something that I haven't yet got involved with. But I do have brothers in the Lord that I know really like the podcast and listen to every episode, so maybe you can listen to it and let me know what you think. Maybe then I also will listen to it. Who knows? But in any case, this is not Iron Sharpens Iron. This is Methetes Radio, the much surer word exposed. And so why talk about this verse? The verse itself is iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Now I like this verse and I've often thought about it. I think reformed folks in particular seem to enjoy theological debate. We certainly don't own the rights to it. There are debates in other Christian circles as well. But I think reformed folks in particular really like this verse and often use it to justify debates and and other types of things that we get involved with in grappling with theological issues and thinking through things. And I think there are some healthy applications of this verse in those circumstances, and there are some which maybe are a little more wayward, but not really thinking about what this verse means, and perhaps we're even using it to justify nastiness. We see this iron sharpens iron and we picture the iron of theological swords as they clash together as two parties debate, I don't know, baptism, the nature of God's covenants, if we should just sing psalms in church or if other songs are permissible as well, to what extent the gifts of the Spirit operate today, name your issue. Us folks like to debate stuff. We like to be right about stuff, don't we? And sometimes... We justify these debates saying, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. And again, sometimes that's the right application, but sometimes not quite so much. Now even when we use this verse and apply it wrongly, I 100% think that God can use all things for the good of his people, even where we're being too nasty and trying to defend our position or whatever else. 
and he can use these things for his glory, for the good of his people and for his glory. But I think this clashing of theological swords is perhaps a different picture from what we see presented here in this verse. It says, iron sharpens iron. Now one way to sharpen iron, say an iron knife or an iron sword, is to do so with some sort of an iron block or with some sort of other bit of iron. What we see presented here is a metaphor. It's, in other words, a word picture. It describes something about something else. And there's a lesson in this picture of iron sharpening iron. And that's what we need to discern. And that's what we need to apply. And I think the lesson is this. Two things of the same nature coming into contact with one another result in the betterment of both parties. They're both made more useful by sharpening by the sharpening they cause on each other. Now this is not necessarily comfortable, even though the picture of clashing theological swords perhaps isn't the best picture. It's not to say that one man sharpening another as iron sharpens iron, to reverse the verse, is always comfortable and easy breezy. Just because the big sword fight isn't right doesn't mean that it's all it's all humdrum and it's all easy breezy, all good, all comfortable. No. This is people getting together and, and sharpening the, the bad bits off one another for mutual benefit. And so as I say, this is a, a word picture, a metaphor, and we need to figure out what the lesson is that's being taught. And so iron sharpens iron, then it goes on, and one man sharpens another. Now I certainly don't think this is limited to the male gender, but I would say that perhaps sometimes guys need a bit more a bit more encouragement in this direction as we tend to be a bit more solo creatures hanging out by ourselves, dealing with our own problems, as opposed to our lady counterparts, which tend to be better at conversing about things. I'm sure there's some good and godly and wise direction that could be offered to both genders. But nonetheless, I don't think this is limited to the male gender, just because it says in one man sharpens another. I think it's talking about mankind. And so just as the iron is made more useful by grinding away the bluntness on its other, the same thing should happen as we as humans come together. When we come together, coffee is the, the great example that always gets used, but as we come together over whatever it is, even just bumping by each other in day-to-day -day life, we should both be sharpened and better off, encouraged, and more ably used by our master craftsman, Jesus, God, as a result of the interaction. A right application, I think, is to see this in, in mentor and mentee relationships, but often when we think of that picture, we think of the mentor as the one who is giving off all the good stuff and info and the one who's resulting in the betterment of the other person, of the mentee. But I think, and I could be wrong, but... I think the picture here is of both parties coming off as a result of the interaction. You know, it talks about iron sharpening iron. I don't think it says that just one iron bit is the beneficiary, is the benefiter of this sharpening. I reckon it's talking about both of those parties sharpening other, coming together, grinding off the bluntness, and both bits of iron 
being sharper as a result. And the same should be true in these discourses and and crossing of paths that we have with our brothers and sisters. We ought to all come off better and sharper, more useful to our master surgeon, Christ, than before the interaction. But even if I'm wrong about this whole mutual thing, if the sharpening is really just meant to be a one-way kind of thing, I think we can still definitely say that everybody ought to have people in their lives that challenge and sharpen them. Mentors or, or people more gifted in a particular area that are God's instrument used to sharpen us so we will be more useful for his kingdom's sake. So whether it's a mutual thing, whether it's a one-way thing, this verse is still great and applicable to our lives. So, there's what I think the verse does mean. I also wanted to talk about some places where I think we get things a bit wrong sometimes. Believe it or not, sometimes we as Christians do get things wrong. Imagine that. Imagine us being people with some fleshly-like tendencies. Imagine that. Praise the Lord for his mercy. One of the main ideas, one of the main goals of this show is to look at commonly held ideas. I think I said this on the very first episode. Is to look at commonly held positions within the church and see if they're scriptural. Now, this is hard, I guess, as a, a person who holds certain positions because we can often become blind to our own positions and we'll only look at those of, of other people and, and other systems of belief that we think are a bit wrong and we won't look at our own. So by all means, encourage me to look at my own positions as well. Let's all delve into the scriptures. Let's all look at the much surer word together and come off sharper. Come off the beneficiaries of this sharpening. Let's sharpen each other. Well, an application of the verse we're looking at. And so what is said in this verse is that iron sharpens iron. Now what is not said is that iron is belted so hard against a fellow bit of iron that they both end up blunter. Now back to this sword fight analogy. Did you know, have you thought about the fact that sword fighting isn't good for the swords? That's why you need to sharpen them, because it damages the swords. And so if we're coming into some sort of a theological debate just with the, the idea and the motive of brandishing our theological swords to, to slay our enemies and, and all this kind of thing, then I don't think that's a right application of this verse. Now again, it's not all fantastic and lovey-dovey. Sharpening removes blunt material, but it's always for benefit. Though it's painful, it has a noble and good goal, end, direction, it's for sharpening. It's not for blunting your neighbor. It's not for having yourself blunted. It's for both parties ending up sharper and better as a result of the interaction. Now, when we come together with disagreements, it should be our goal that both parties do come off better and more useful to God. I think sometimes we're so stubborn and, and set in our own ways and beliefs that we won't hear the other party out. We stand by our own position, we've got our favorite verses to back it up, and we strike, sometimes somewhat ruthlessly, at the other person. And look, God, as I said before, can and does use this, but I don't think that's what's described here. I think what's described here is a coming together in, in right motive, not necessarily always in soft and hushed tones, 
I'm not saying there's not room for disagreement within these verses, but coming together with that motive of benefit, of increased godliness and usefulness for all parties involved, even though it, I guess, literally talks about two people, I don't think it's limited to just a one-on-one -on -one interaction. With all that being said, there's a couple of things I'm afraid that people will think that I'm advocating for or think that I'm saying. What I'm not saying is that we're supposed to be namby-pamby and, and wishy-washy in our beliefs, being willing to change them or compromise for the sake of not being confrontational. That's not what I'm saying at all. There are some things which we need to stand firm on. As I just said, sometimes when we come together, there won't always be hushed tones. But I think what these verses are pointing us toward is that the motive should always be for the sharpening of one another, even if there has to be strong disagreement. I'm also not saying that everybody's beliefs and theology are worth learning from. Now that sounds like a pretty harsh statement to modern ears where we're told that everybody's entitled to their opinion and, and everybody's beliefs are equal and what works for you works for you and what works for me works for me. But if we were to play out that thought to its logical conclusion, then we'd have to say that Buddhists, Muslims, Hindus, and everybody else and every other religion are things that we might learn from, things that we might take on board, some aspect of their religion or theology is good and we should take that on board and, and iron sharpens iron and all this kind of thing. Whereas we as Christians, and again this is not going to sound good to worldly ears, but it's the truth. We as Christians have the way, the truth, and the life. We have the source of all these things, Jesus Christ, our God. Now, what I'm not saying in saying that, it's amazing how many bases we have to cover, what I'm not saying in saying that is that no person from another religion ever does a good thing. People from other religions do do good things. But what I'm saying is we have the true source of these things. As Ephesians 5.9, I think it is, says, it says the fruit of light is in all goodness, and it mentions some other characteristics as well. But what I'm getting at is that we have the true source of these things. We have the justification for this good. And even within the body, the body of Christ, sometimes we're just wrong. And perhaps then the application from this verse could be that the one to bring the word of correction is made sharper in their experience of issuing godly discipline. Through the very practice of bringing that word of correction, they're made sharper in God's hand, a more useful and effective tool for their maker. And of course, the one who was wrong becomes sharper in as much as they heed the correction and change their ways. Last thing I'm not saying is that theological debates are bad. Even the formal kind where it's all moderated and people have certain times to present their argument and then the other person presents their argument. I'm not saying these things are bad. In fact, I think it's biblical to listen to what the other side has to say. Proverbs 18.17 says, The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. I'm quite sure I've quoted that before. I think it's also biblical that we should come to a place where we're mature in the faith and we're not simply thrown about by every piece of teaching that comes our way. Ephesians 4.14 says, So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. We ought to come to a place 
of maturity and solidarity in right belief, in truth. And so when somebody comes along with a contrary opinion, we don't take it on board. Rather, perhaps we get together with them and iron sharpens iron. And in all this, let us always remember that the scriptures, described by the by as the sword of the spirit, the scriptures are the sole infallible rule of faith and practice. The scriptures are able to make us sharp, useful to our God for his kingdom's sake. It's, it's amazing and humbling that he uses his people to come together to sharpen one another to be iron that sharpens iron for our good and his glory, and one man sharpens another. This is Tobias, signing off on Methetes Radio, the much sure word exposed. Hope this has blessed you. Go out, find a brother, find a sister, and sharpen one another to the glory of God.